0: enough number one California here we come right back where we started from
1: Hu subscribe your guns your shadow wizard driving down the 101 California here we come right back where we started from California
0: welcome to the OCD inch the show where we take an in-depth episode by episode look at the seven an underrated primetime soap bump than really the early aughts, the OC I'm your host for the evening and with me. As always, to talk about episode 214, a.k.a. Rainy Day Women, is Ryan. Rainy Day Women. It is here.
1: This is it. So, uh, a couple of things. One, uh, no podcast episode has been more built up than the one that we're recording right
0: now, yes? Except for the one that we're going to be recording in a couple weeks.
1: Okay, so we have the number one and number two slots of most built up episodes. Back. Back. Two, and like, you know how much I hate to pull that curtain back, Mike? Uh, but we have decided to uh, both be at our lovely uh, Buena Park. What city are, is the studio in?
0: It's it's moved from Burbank to Buena Park recently.
1: Burbank, right? Uh, we are both in the Burbank studio, but we've decided to like uh, hide behind walls and look into cameras Mm -hmm. of us behind those walls, and that's how we're going to do the show. Do you think it's going to affect our rapport or anything?
0: No, because mostly we don't look or listen to each other. We just stare at mirrors of ourselves anyway.
1: Wait, what do we not do?
0: Exactly. So I think it'll be pretty seamless. People have been clamoring to get video versions of this. Will that ever happen?
1: Is your dream recording to uh, have me on a screen, but there's some sort of filter where whoever's on that screen has your face and it's just you on you the entire time?
0: I love me on me action. I've been trying to figure out how to get that new Paul Rudd sitcom to just look like two me's.
1: Would you rather have the filter uh, where like, the computer decides this is uh, like how Mike looks, or I spend a bunch of time and Hollywood money in our budget and I do like the makeup and the effects to do my best to you?
0: Oh, Practical? I love mm. Practical Magic. You do, That you, is you, my jam.
1: Right, like, you were a fan of the first Practical Magic when they just, like, Sandy and Nicole came in and were on the movie, as opposed to future ones where CGI Bullocks and Kidmans acted. Right.
0: No, fuck CGI. Do it right. You? Practical or CGI fan?
1: I'm... <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so nervous about... And you have a pretty good rapport with your makeup artist, right? Like, mm-hmm. you guys go way back, and, like, she knows you. You know her. You guys have been to each other's, like, uh, kids' birthdays and everything. And I don't know her that well. I wonder if she will uh, take the opportunity, along with you, to make you, like, an ugly version of me as a prank.
0: Mm-hmm. Or
1: if you'll try to do that, but she'll not do it and make you, like... A handsome version, aka the exact version of me.
0: Right. Or and no matter what either of us decide, well, you look at me and decide it is the ugly version because your body <laughs> dysmorphia.
1: That's gonna be funny too, is that she tries to do the most handsome version and I'm still disgusted.
0: You're just insulted. Uh my wife's cousins made a me of me. Uh huh. Like a little we and it's it's the most hurtfully accurate thing I've ever seen. So I think there's no good way to make a little person of you.
1: What was exaggerated and what was under-exaggerated?
0: Uh, the How squinty my eyes are was so <laughs> exaggerated and so accurate and I really thought they were going to take my receding hairline to task more than they did.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the obvious one, right? Like, make you slightly balder than you are. Uh-huh. I, I do have to say, and I mean this as both an insult and a compliment, uh, you have the most average eyes of any person I've ever met. They are not hot, but they're also not gross. Like, they are perfectly fine.
0: Thank you. I will take That. Do you know this is perfectly fine, Ryan? What? Rain in the Orange County.
1: Yeah, it happens from time to time.
0: It happens, and apparently it makes everybody crazy, because during a rainy day in Newport, Lindsay takes the DNA test and is 100% that bitch, which means she has some decisions to make about her life. Elsewhere, Sandy retakes Rebecca's court case, and he is 100% that bitch when they end up stranded for the night in a rundown motel. Marissa comes out to Julie, Seth continues playing yo-yo with Summer's Heart, and Kirsten and Julie share their woes. All that and more on tonight's The OCD.
1: So Mike, Rainy Day Woman, is it women or woman?
0: It's Rainy Day Women, and I was going to ask you, is that a reference to something?
1: Yes, it's a Bob Dylan song. That's never played. No, its it, I mean, it's on the Forrest Gump soundtrack,
0: bro. I'm so in, I feel like it's pretty famous. I'm in, in oh. this episode.
1: In this episode, no, it's never played. Um, Again, we have not talked about this episode as much as the mall episode, but we've talked about it a lot, and now it's here, and now we're going to do it. And before we get into the nitty-gritty and the social analysis of how we like to do the OC, overall, did this live up to all of the hype?
0: It wasn't as, like, batshit balls to the wall as the OC, which I kind of thought it would be based on the buildup, because it's been 15 years since I've seen this episode, maybe. Uh... But for character moments, it really fucking delivered. I stopped expecting Riverdale and I was just like, oh, let's go into like a lower gear and watch these people really hurt each other.
1: What I didn't remember is that this is all, uh, this episode is like tying up shit so we can get to the uh, back half of season two. Right. Uh, Because somebody's brother is getting out of jail and that's going to take over soon. Um, So this was sort of like a normal ish episode until the last 10 minutes. And I will not say anything about that last 10 minutes, but. Knowing me, you can see how, like, the last uh, 90 seconds of the show really fucking wiped my brain and made me love this forever, right? Right.
0: Yeah. And I, but I, I still think, like, the last 10 seconds, I could see why that's what's stuck in your memory. But everything does, it feels like a fucking train. It's speed three, train control. Train control? W- <laughs> uh, that, like, Of course, the the way this episode ends, it's the only way it could end. Like, everything was rushing towards that one inevitable thing.
1: All I wanted to do was, like, talk about how the episode starts and, like, what the breakfast is. But, like, you're uh, lagging on that. I'm not sure what you're doing as a host. So, like, can we talk about the start of the show or what are we doing?
0: Oh, you're going to be fired soon. But, okay, first your pay is docked. Ryan, we wake up and it is... A rainy, rainy day. Not This isn't even like normal California sprinkly rain that makes everybody drive like shit, which Sandy points out numerous times in the episode that Southern Californians cannot drive when it rains. It is so torrential that they have to start with Blind melon, no rain, because that's ironic. Uh, but it's so torrential that Ryan is standing in the pool house, staring out the window, and can't even go into the kitchen.
1: See, I, I, I always want to back Ryan, and I never want to back Seth. But I have to be honest here. Seth doesn't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, this much rain growing up in Orange County, Seth is unsure. Like, this is squids falling from the Watchmen sky. Ryan is from Riverside. He understands that, like, oh, that's just weather, and it will be totally fine. I'll be cool to walk 12 feet from one door to
0: the other. And I hate to back Seth... But he does have the whole house where there's the ninja video game. And there is the big bowl of bagels, bagels. that he's – He just holds up because they're trying to get each other to come. Seth is in the kitchen. Ryan's in the uh, pool house. And they're trying to convince each other to, to come over. One of them needs to get wet. Uh, but it's not
1: – this is not about rain at this point. This is about power. Yes. Who is going to be the person who backs down? And you know what? I think that Ryan is thinking that, like, oh, man, Seth, is, Seth thinks he's, like, his own person. I think that I have to push him down and say, like, uh uh, uh I'm so Atwood. You come to me.
0: Right. Everybody comes to Atwood. Or maybe he's fucking sick of always going to Seth. I could also what, see that.
1: What is the thing that you wave behind your door to get me to
0: come to you? Red Bull vodkas? Man. <laughs> Too hurtful?
1: Am I just fucking white trash?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you might be the Ryan Atwood of this podcast.
1: A Limp biscuit album?
0: <laughs> $3 bill, y'all, specifically. But yeah, bagels would do it for me. I'm hungry. I like carbs. Uh, yeah, but like I, I'll wait to eat as long as I get the power back. Right.
1: Unless you have a power bar, and then that's confusing. Uh, for you, if I'm in Seth's position, I have a house full of shit, I think what I'm doing is... A very comfy pillow.
0: Oh. You know
1: that that house has so many pillows. And you know Atwood's pool house has like cinder blocks and shit.
0: Because and that makes Ma- it hard. Mike, you love a comfy pillow. I do love a good comfy bi- uh, If you have a husband's chair, oh, you know I'm running in the rain for that. Uh, what about a weighted blanket? I don't like that. I don't like normal blankets. I kick them off. A weighted blanket, I've never been under, but it scares the shit out of me, the idea of it.
1: But you have not dabbled? You have not tried that out? Mm-mm. Just like a constant hug for your entire sleep. Do you, that well, scares me.
0: I don't like that in real life. I don't like when my wife does that, so I'm not going to well, like yeah. it when this thing I don't know and love does it to me. Yeah. And what if too much of it scrunches up and it's on your neck and you just feel like you're being slowly choked all night?
1: And the other thing, too, is that like I will get the weighted blanket off and then I'll put on a shirt that is not weighted, but it'll still be like, get off me, shirt! <laughs> Stop doing this!
0: Then you're running to the street naked just to be free.
1: So then I you- won't. Sorry, I won't wear a belt, because I hate ties so much that they choke me, that I'm worried that the belt is going to come up and choke Just me.
0: Just slowly inch up your torso, work its way around your arms.
1: So wait, we've never had a belt horror movie?
0: No. Where's, where's S- our movie
1: where the belt is the bad guy?
0: Get on that, Stephen King. Idiot. So Ryan and Seth decide to compromise-ish, and call each other, and they do their normal breakfast nook talk on the phone, and what are, what are they sharing with each other, Ryan?
1: And they would have texted, but they're probably on uh, what is it called? T nine. T nine. Yeah, they're probably they probably have the T nine, so they call and uh, they do the classic Atwood set thing of where one says, "Oh, I've got this problem," and the other one says, "I did not hear you at all, but here Here's is more my of prob- my problem."
0: It's annoying because like. I understand what the screenwriters are doing. This does like, get, us, get it all faster, and it feels very smooth. It's and economical. And forth. But it does also make it seem like they're the most selfish fucking people in the world. Because if I told you a problem I had with my wife, and you didn't even say, oh, that sucks. you just goes, well, here's me and my wife. I'd be like, what the fuck?
1: So they're bad friends, unlike me and you, the best friends. But what it does eliminate is the thing where you, like, you tell me what's up with you. And then mm-hmm. I have to think about, like based on your problem, how long I have to wait right. before I get it. So, like, they go automatically, and I'm like, oh, man, that feels like a 30-second thing where, like, I take a break, and I'm like, oh, that sucks, man.
0: Oh, okay, and here's me. And now my turn. So what they're Seth is still freaking out about, as he says, quote-unquote, losing Summer if she goes to Italy. I don't know why if he decides, if she's not already lost to him, that Italy is where she definitely will be. Uh, I
1: think that, like, if you go to Italy with someone, then you are bonded to them forever. And I think that uh if you're in town and live with your parents, that like sex could happen, mm-hmm. but it's sporadic. And if you go to Italy, it's sex all time, all day. At with, the wedding, in front with, of his parents, with each other, with other Italians, like everybody's saying like Mamma Mia, that is some spicy sex. Um and I think that I think that's the biggest thing for Seth, right? It's it's the sex more than, like, the intimacy or rapport.
0: I think so, yeah. he He's doing that very uh, teenage boy or, unfortunately, adult male bullshit of, uh, I'm allowed to hook up with other people, but I'm going to be devastated if she ever does. Fuck that forever.
1: Which is, uh, there's two types of girls, uh, virgin or whore. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't want to think of Summer as a whore.
0: Yes, that's the real gross person. And Ryan is... Uh, mostly he's just freaking about like how to be supportive for Lindsay. It's a confusing situation he's not sure what to do.
1: which this one I, I get because he knows that Lindsay is going through a bunch of stuff and he is concerned. he does have empathy but he's not sure like what do I say in all of these conversations right like what do I like what are my responses to these things?
0: Yeah like do we want her to be Caleb's daughter? Nobody is sure at least of all Ryan. So that's what the kids are going for right upstairs at the Cohen household. Kiki is in bed. Wakes up, sees a picture of her and Sandy in happier days, and just puts it down right on. And Sandy comes out of the shower looking like he just surfed. Like he's in his surf gear, even though he came out of the shower. Maybe he was practicing, putting on his wetsuit, just standing in the shower, imagining the waves. And he says, the shittiest thing I could think of, especially if you're in the doghouse, is, oh, you're going to just lay in bed all day?
1: (laughs) Kirsten is on the verge of a depression spiral. And she's at that point where, like, you could say the right things and maybe pull her out. And like she's just on that edge, and then he says that what are we, like has any character' stock fallen over the second season more than sandy
0: in 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 his family's life and in our eyes? It's insane. He has let everybody down,
1: and those are equally important. I will ask you this, uh, like um pictures by your bed. Mm-hmm. Is this a TV thing, a real life thing, or a kicky thing to have uh, like eight by ten framed pictures. Directly next to your head, so when you wake up, like it's right there.
0: It's definitely a TV thing because you've seen this. Normally, it's for a larf in an American Pie type situation where you have to put down Grandma's eyes so she doesn't see you rail the exchange student. But it, all of the pictures I do have of people are not at the bedside table. Maybe I saw enough pop culture as a kid. I was like, I never want to get into that. So right, and I, need, I need that's going to make water. you think things. Yeah, but the bedside table is for books, glasses, water, tums, everything that needs you to help sleep. Not fucking pictures of anybody.
1: It's just, it seems so old school to have somebody be like, I have a picture in my hand, like a printed picture, and now I'm going to put it in a frame, and, and then I'm going to put it on my nightstand.
0: And a picture of you and your husband? like I guess hang that somewhere you both look nice in the hallway, but on your bed? How narcissistic are you that that's what you need in your bedroom?
1: Is it too much or too little to have on Kiki's nightstand uh, a thing called plot frame where... The worst possible thing that should be in that frame. Every time Kiki wakes up, she wakes up and sees that thing. Seth is in Portland. Picture of Seth.
0: <laughs> I love, and she just always, but it's spring loaded. It's like one of those clown things you punch as a kid. Just always bounces back. I just like. Uh, do you have any
1: pictures? Uh, all of the pictures in your house, if mm-hmm. I can pull the curtain back, are yeah, uh, your drawings. And you are. You're a good. Crayonist, is that how Thank I say it? You. yes. Um, but like they're all stuff that like didn't actually happen. It's stuff that you thought of with your own imagination, dragons mostly, and you, you love the color burnt sienna, mm-hmm. and yet you,
0: you, you use your crayons. Did you have picture, paper pictures framed in your house? They're in frames in the house under the bed because we're not sure what to do with them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's where things go. That's under where the things bed. go.
0: Yeah. Uh, Sandy doubles down on this, uh, what are you going to do? Stay in bed all day? Uh, and he's like, "It's like we're strangers." And Kiki has the fucking best response that I've heard on the OC ever. She's like, "Well, I was told to never talk to strangers," and just rolls over and pulls the blanket back over her head.
1: Was that good or was that lame? But we feel for Kirsten until we back it up.
0: I I mean, I try to. Put I was told in her- to
1: never talk to strangers, Mike.
0: That's hilarious. And that's I such feel a good- like- all she wants to say is "fuck you," and that's how she says it.
1: That's how she says it. Yeah, because. You can't say fuck you to, uh, Sandy, but I feel like this is the third episode in a row where, like, Sandy, things are bad. Just say the right thing. And every time he's like, going to hang out with Rebecca. Maybe touch my wiener.
0: <laughs> Not in that order. Who knows? Sandy, out. Uh, so that's where all the Coens are at right now emotionally. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to check in with the Cooper household. Ryan. Over at the Cooper household, Julie is sort of difficultingly, sort of normally, cutting up bagels and says, in my memory, to nobody at all, if the Cohens can do it, why can't we? It's bagel time at the Cooper house.
1: So Sandy, uh, a Jewish person, has a thing where he puts it in the machine, the guillotine, uh-huh. the bagel guillotine, uh, cuts it perfectly, and then puts a schmear on Julie has heard that bagels should be cut and she's like slicing and dicing like they're fresh tomatoes. She doesn't know. Julianne Ju- bagels. She's Julianning. Do we, we didn't know, did she invent Julianne? Mm hmm.
0: Cause she's Julie Cooper. Yeah, she cut fries so wrong that julienned them. It, uh, but it's, bagels to me are such a normal thing growing up that I didn't realize it would be a big deal and weird to, for Sunday to have. What were they eating? I don't, it was so weird how she reacted about it, how Marissa, when she walks in, sees it.
1: And Julie the whole time is like, look how cultured we are. Yes. Mm. We're, doing, we're, we're eating ethnic food. We're
0: Sakhamir? Am I saying that right? Sahamir? Uh I don't
1: know what you're saying, <laughs> but I bet it's wrong.
0: So Marissa comes out, and, and Julie gives her bag, bagel soliloquy. And then Alex walks out, and Julie is never off her rocker. Like, nobody – but she could just see. I mean, I guess looking at Olivia Wilde, especially in her Alex ensemble, you're just like, oh, shit. This person's cool, and I need them to think I'm cool. It was, it was the, the lamest I've ever seen Julie Cooper. I wish that
1: I was Alex when I was a kid. Uh-huh. I tried so hard to be Alex when I was a kid, and so now I'm going to. I want my daughter to be impressed with me. I want Alex to think I'm If Alex thinks I'm cool, that's going to be so great. And what it reminded me a lot of is Tina Fey talking about uh, working on the Mean Girls screenplay and then Broadway show. Is that like, no, no. When a Mean Girl comes into the room, Like, still, even though I'm 45 years old, Mm -hmm. it makes my knees buckle.
0: And it shows, like, how not, even Julie pretends to be strong, how not strong she is. Because she is shook by just, Alex hasn't opened her mouth yet, and Julie is shook.
1: I will say, though, that Alex is different when authority figures are around. Like, I think that she's mostly put together, Mm -hmm. but she's a little bit... Let's prank these people. It's the she's most seventeen. Ash ashen it, Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, she's constantly running out. There's a camera. There's a camera. There's a camera. Uh, and then she offers Alex a bagel, and Alex is like, "Oh, I don't eat breakfast." And Julie's like, "Ooh, how punk of you!" And she just mm. she put, and she's like, "I used to be a punk rocker." Like she th- she does the oldest ladyest. It's so fun.
1: But, I mean, Julie was at the point that if uh, Julie offered Alex a bagel and Alex was like, I think the Nazis were right, Julie would be like, ooh, I like that. That's trendy and cool. As
0: a teen, I considered that briefly as well. Who knows?
1: And then Julie says a thing. This is just a phase. Is that is, is that cool to say? Like, Are you jumping to when Marissa comes out to her? Oh, I'm sorry. Am I jumping ahead?
0: I mean, it's fine, but I think you have to tell the audience that Marissa now comes out to Julie after Alex leaves.
1: And Marissa has been, like, very shy this whole time. Mm -hmm. She loves hanging out with Alex. She thinks it's cool to be a lesbian, uh, but took a real long time to talk to Summer. Right. To Alex's chagrin. uh, And then uh, says to her mom, you know what? Uh, I think that I'm a lesbian. Was this Marissa being true? Was Mm -hmm. this Marissa trying to piss off her mom?
0: So, yeah, so she comes out and she does it pretty nonchalantly. And it, it, it's kind of like still sitcom vibes of the, the earlier, what's punk rock or bagels cool. Uh, and Julie's like, I, I'm fine with having your. It's the most normal mom Julie's been because she's like, you can have friends stay over. I just would like to know if your girlfriend's in town. And she's like, she is my girlfriend. She's like, yeah, that's what I said, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, no, no. And she like does the whole. It felt very like post TGIS. sitcommy. Yes, it felt so yeah. sitcomy. And then Marissa I think
1: girlfriend means one thing mm-hmm. and you think girlfriend means a different thing. <laughs> what
0: what I love and it feels not Marissa Cooper at all. She's like, "No, mom, I we're dating. I I like her." And, and Julie is speechless and then is like, well, yeah, that I, I had that phase when I was your age as well." And I am trying to figure out is this very 2004 cool or is that never a cool response? Or it, it would not. I do not think it'd be good now. I. It, it is hard to figure out what the times were.
1: It. it I mean, it, it's very strange because, for sure, Julie Cooper had a phase. Therefore, that she thinks her daughter is having a phase. Right. Also, Noopsy Julie Cooper, not Riverside, but Noopsy Julie Cooper is praying to God it's a fucking phase. Right. Also, the way that Marissa does it makes it very much seem like a phase. Like I don't. Uh, I think that Julie Cooper is being a rude, dirty parent. Uh Uh-huh. But also, Marissa is... She's just going through a phase, though, right?
0: Marissa is a girl of phases. She had her klepto phase. She had her drug phase. So, like, I think when you're looking for an identity, you do have phases. There's just certain ones that you probably shouldn't say that right to the kid, even if in your heart of hearts you think that.
1: Right. And then Julie is going through her phase. of Caleb's about to die. Uh, and I should do something about my next husband. And I just wish they like, they switched. I wish there was a phase off and they had, they switched phases. And then now Julie's a lesbian hooking up with Alex.
0: And Marissa's Am trying just, to kill Cab.
1: Is this just fanfic? Am I just you're, writing you're writing my some own? fanfic,
0: some yeah. disgusting, dirty parent fanfic. Uh, what I love is Marissa's very excited about telling Julie. And she tells Alex that. And Alex, very rightly, because Alex is one of the smartest people on the show, is like, that's awesome if you told her because that's who you are and you wanted to know. Are you just telling her to piss her off? And I was like, oh, yes, Alex. Perfect question.
1: I know. It's complicated. And then also in 90, or no, 04, was this progressive? Was this a pretty progressive way of handling the fact that your daughter said that she is gay?
0: Uh-huh. Because, yeah, so Julie and Kirsten meet up, and we'll talk about Kirsten next episode. Julie and Kirsten meet up at the office because they're both trying to escape their issues. Hold on.
1: Are you already declaring that this is going to be a two-episode episode? It's
0: rainy day women, Ryan.
1: God damn it, Mike.
0: Uh, so they, they break into Caleb's scotch and cigars to, to share, and Julie wants to only talk about herself, but Kirsten's like, I don't know if my marriage can take today. And Julie's like, ooh, please, you go. Uh, but Kiki says to Julie as well, she's like, I'm sure it's just a phase, and then Julie reveals to Kirsten, it was for me. So, who, who knows? It feels like Julie fully taking the villain hat off and is just opening up about her insecurities with Kirsten and also gives pretty good advice to Kirsten about her and Sandy.
1: Yes. Okay. So, is Kiki uh, saying that because you got to say something uh, and you have to say something that maybe your friend wants to hear? And then for Julie, is uh, like, I think this is consistent because her number one and two priorities of uh, being cool and being a good noopsie. Those bounce back and forth, Mm -hmm. but Marissa, being a mom, is always third. So, like, she does not really care about Marissa or want to talk about it. She's trying to decide what is cool, what would other noobsies do.
0: Right. And so Kirsten, I guess, doesn't do a great job because she just gives Julie the it's just a phase line, which Julie repeats to Marissa when they see each other again. And even worse, and this is when it is, like, a shitty thing, you're being a bad parent. She goes, I won't make a big deal about it if you won't to Marissa. And Marissa was already in the middle of moving out, but now she's like, yeah, I'm not staying here anymore. I'm not doing this bullshit. And then, like, Marissa, is Marissa mad when she
1: comes out to her mom because she doesn't want to come out because she's a lesbian? She wants to come out to make her mad, and then Julie wasn't that mad, and so now Marissa's like, well, that didn't happen. Then I'm moving!
0: Yeah, it really does feel like, how can I piss off mom this month? Uh, So she does, she goes to Alex's. And then Alex instantly, like, there's not even, like, canoodling. They instantly j- jump into adult mode, which I both respect Alex for, but it's also, like, be a little more romantic. But she's like, trash is on Tuesdays. Uh, here's how work work. Here's when rent is due. And Marissa looks shocked and freaked out by the idea of rent and trash and being a real person.
1: One of the biggest lessons that I wish that uh, me now could go tell me then was slide into comfortability don't figure out that you're comfortable now and then just, like, dive into it. Mm-hmm. But, like, go slowly go through it. Alex, I mean, like, once Marissa moves in, Marissa's like, uh, we gotta take out the trash, we gotta pay bills. And Marissa, like, pulls her shirt up so her gut hangs out, drinks, like, a natty light, and she's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm watching Family Guy, this show's funny.
0: So do you think she's sliding into comfortability or do you think she was terrified of the fact by, like, paying rent, which she's never done? It was hard to tell where Marissa was at.
1: Yeah, I, I, like... Marissa thinks that she wants to be an adult, but does not. And then Alex uh, thinks that she wants to be in a relationship, but does not. When Marissa wasn't telling people shit about uh, Marissa and Alex, then Alex was like, well, what the fuck? But she was intrigued. Mm -hmm. And then once Marissa comes out, Alex is like, well, what the fuck? Now it's like serious. and Now it's a real thing.
0: But, like, real adult, like, 26-year-old version of a real thing, not 17-year-old. They Yeah, they're both jumping in different ways in different directions.
1: Yeah, but, like, once the, one, once Marissa tells Alex that, like, I, I told my mom, Alex is like, oh, no.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought this was fun, and I was, like, making a noobsy girl go wild. I didn't realize, like, now we have to, like, be a couple.
1: My whole thing was, like, giving you shit because you weren't telling your mom. Now that you have told your mom, I'm not sure what to do now.
0: Yeah, it's always fun when teenagers realize, what do we have in common? Uh, While they're doing all this, uh, Seth shows up on his own adventure and puts it together because Marissa walks out in just a robe. And this is, I've never seen Seth look at Marissa as a sexual being. And he drools over the her in a robe and the idea of her and Alex together. It's gross.
1: He says, and I'm trying to quote, uh, he says, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then his jaw hits the floor, and an entire tongue comes out.
0: Uh, and then a little man walks down the stairs that is Seth's tongue, and does the same actions over again. And he even walks out the open door after he gets what he wants from Alex. And he's like, "I just need to memorize it, memorize it." Like it's just like openly pervy. And then it's it's so interesting to figure out who's or what politics in 2004 when he does tell Ryan. And this may like maybe he's betraying Marissa and Alex's trust, but he tells Ryan, which we all knew he would. He says, Marissa and Alex are no longer welcome in the red states, which is one of the funniest euphemisms I've ever heard.
1: But very dated. Like, yeah. clearly, we've moved past that. Like, that's so 04 now, and, like, yeah. we're not—our country's not like that It doesn't
0: anymore. matter what state you're in anymore. And that's that's kind of uh, the saga of Marissa and Alex. When we're going to take a little break, and we come back—I said next episode, and by that I meant in four minutes, we're going to dig into Kiki and Sandy. Wait,
1: four minutes? What— can we do it like in 10
0: seconds? No, we're just a four-minute song interlude. Ryan, let's switch over to check in with Kirsten, Rebecca, and Sandy. After they're they're uh, not-so-resolving of issues in bed, the next time we check in with Sandy, it is with Rebecca at a diner talking about what they should do next. It's very repetitive of her saying, I need to skip town, and him saying, no, 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 please don't. Does it seem like he has an actual fucking plan? He just keeps saying, don't leave town, but he's not doing anything as a lawyer. I
1: hate to say this about the perfect TV show, the seminal Fox hit of the early aughts, but uh, every once in a while, do they betray character for plot?
0: Perhaps. Perhaps they do. What
1: what is going on now?
0: But it's just, for the last three episodes, Sandy hasn't moved forward. He's been hurting Kirsten. But he isn't like, we've seen him be a good lawyer, but we're seeing no scenes of that. I guess they're trying to show that he has a complicated relationship with Rebecca, but it seems like it's making him bad at his fucking job.
1: And he is a, uh, like, he's a orphan hugger, Uh right? Like, that's what Atwood was. Like, that's how we know Sandy, is to be like, if you need help, I will provide it. But here's the thing. You're married, and I think that if you're married, you should be able to hang out with whoever you want opposite sex or not. And I think it should be cool until the other person says, I'm in love with you Mm -hmm. and I'm probably going to destroy your marriage. Like, what I want is for you to uh, change your entire life and be with me. And I think at that point, all hanging out should stop.
0: But instead, he, and again, this is like the murkiest in in all of the OC history so far. Instead of, uh, he takes her from this diner and they are driving somewhere far away. Because the rain is so heavy that the road gets washed out, which I don't mm-hmm. think happens in California. Uh, maybe it's PCH. Maybe there's a mudslide.
1: There's like 12 states in the United States that I have never heard of. Like, I don't even know what they are. It probably happens there, mm-hmm. but not in California.
0: Not, not in Southern California. So maybe there's. We got earthquakes and
1: fires, bro.
0: And so the road is washed out, so they have to find the shittiest. I guess it's washed out on both sides. They can't turn around and go back to Orange County. We're not told how long they've been driving or where they're headed. Uh, Somewhere. And they end up at a motel. And they are eating on the floor, wet. And they're eating like ding-dongs and drinking port wine. And Rebecca, I think rightly reads all the signs. is like, oh, we're going to fuck right now. I
1: sort of want to go back and uh, watch the episodes with that blonde that got Sandy to that like Rachel. corporate lawyer job. Yeah, Rachel. Maybe she wasn't so wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sandy and sure he's got the uh, the musk that comes from the eyebrows and he can't help it. But also, he is not he he maybe not be like he's not giving like positive signs, mm-hmm. but he's not giving enough negative. I
0: signs. think Sandy might like being pursued. And when, when it gets right. to the line, he'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I do think Sandy likes being chased after.
1: The other thing, too, is that they're in this cheesy motel that uh, has only a vending machine, no restaurant. And uh, do you know what the two options from the vending machine are? What it was ding-dongs and what else? Cheese doodles.
0: Ding, ding-dongs and doodles? The sexiest sex? It's, t-
1: it's the two things that Ryan and Marissa try to eat on the way to Tijuana. Really? Yes. It's
0: probably the same motel.
1: So their Tadri relationship is being compared to Ryan and Marissa
0: because it's just as childish.
1: Yeah, I mean, like a good relationship has both, right? Ding dongs and cheesy. Yes, you don't have. But machines. like, th- there's an or thing here going on that uh, it makes it gross.
0: So Rebecca's like, "Here we are, all alone. No one knows where we are. It's just us." And Sandy, I think, finally realizes, He's "Like, what, what, what? It's it's not just us. It hasn't been just us for twenty years." fucking finally sandy that we've come to love and respect shows up again so
1: then they jump in a car and he's like oh well then i have to end our storyline soon Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna jump in a car in the rain
0: well he calls up kirsten he's like i gotta i guess i'll get another room he calls up kirsten we don't see what happens uh yeah they jump in a car they're driving very upset and she's like can we talk about last night and he's like we got nothing to talk about except your case in the weather
1: How could you even bring up last night? I'm such a clearly happily married man. It's insane that you would get any message about that.
0: Why? why? What do you mean? What do you mean there's been other signs?
1: You're a cuckoo (laughs) psycho girl.
0: And she goes, this is also very lame of her. And she's done a heel turn because when we first met her, she's like, I don't want to fuck with your family at all. Now that's all she wants to do. Uh, Right. She says, so what we had back then meant nothing? Trick, it's been 20 plus years. Are you kidding me? I hope, oh, man, I will never piss myself laughing harder than if somebody I dated in high school meets me in 20 years and says, so what, back then meant nothing? No, it literally didn't. At this point, it didn't. Are you crazy?
1: Oh, okay, so that's weird to me. Um, My current wife is, uh like, 11, not even in my top 10 of most loves. And so there's so many high school girls who could come and sweep me away.
0: <laughs> and I do, like, he, He's like, tries to be soft about it. He's like, it meant everything then, but, like... I have a family, and so I'm not just gonna throw that away because you're back. for. Like, what if they hate each other?
1: But, like, Rebecca, Kim Delaney, or Kim Delaney, because she waited 20 years to do this, uh, should have said, Motherfucker, I am only, I'm, I'm not trying to be like some Sharon Stone, like, thriller villain. I'm trying to, like, go by the signs that you're giving me. Right. You. I'm not weird, you're weird.
0: You're being weird. And they're, so they're just like, screaming at each other, You're being weird, no, you're being weird. And then a truck comes out of nowhere in the rain, because rain is so heavy that it's like fog. Uh, and they like flip the car and roll down a mud hill. They're both fine, but then the trucker, uh, just imagine that he is, pulls over and says, Hey, I called nine one one and Rebecca's like, Oh fuck, and sprints off into the rain.
1: So this trucker, like, yeah, they go off a cliff and there's only one sort of car accident in T V movies. It's uh drive up the road and go down a hill, uh-huh. right? And so they get down the hill, and everybody's okay. Uh, a little worse for wear, if I could use that phrase. And the truck driver says, like, yeah, I called 911. Um, just in case that you guys are injured or one of you was a fugitive. I don't know what's going on. I, like, I don't know your thing. Um, and Sandy's like, cool, thank you, trucker. It, uh, this is weird that, like, you're being so helpful, even though you're a trucker. Most of you are fucking inbred idiot carnies. Uh, and then Rebecca's like, oh, shit. Uh, if the police are coming... They're gonna, like, the the police that are around the area are gonna automatically know my face, mm-hmm. know how wanted I am. I have no choice but to grab my backpack and run away in the rain. Cause
0: she's wanted for a crime in like Vermont twenty years ago.
1: Twenty years ago, yes.
0: I did not realize that California Highway Patrol was so on federal crimes. Like that's crazy.
1: Oh no! If you have to be, uh, if you're if you're gonna work on the California Highway Patrol, you have or chips. We call them chips. chips. If you're gonna be a chip, you have to memorize the FBI's most twenty thousand wanted, mm-hmm. and yeah, they know Rebecca's face.
0: So I get why they're a little short if they pull you over speeding. I get why they're a little mean. They have right. a lot going on in their mind. So Sandy, he calls Kirsten again, and he goes like, "I'm, I'll get to you if I have to walk." It's something even worse than walking hundreds of miles in the rain. He shows up to Kirsten from a bus, and that's on a goddamn on a bus guy, on a Greyhound. Ugh. Oh. And she is swept away, and they have such a passionate kiss.
1: Which is, the bus is becoming a thing. Like, uh, Seth wanting to run away from things, or Sandy running towards things. It, the O.C. has set this up where, like, you're so desperate, you get on a bus. You
0: dumb piece of weird shit. You're going to go on a bus? you got to be desperate.
1: Did you have a phase? Do you ever, like, were you, were you ever, like, a bus regular?
0: Yeah. I Mine, a mega Megabus. Uh, and the Bolt bus more than the normal Greyhound. They're cheaper. They have plugs. But yeah, I've I've bussed back and forth a time or two in my life.
1: And was this like around town because you didn't have a car? Or was this like traveling, like cross country? Travel. I'm going to take a bus.
0: State to state. Uh, I like it. Uh, I think buses get a bad rap. There's good buses. There's really shitty buses out there, too. If a bus is $10 to get from New York to Philly, there's a fucking reason why.
1: I think that if you're traveling far, then bus is like an affordable thing. I think if you're going around town... It's almost like the bus company stocks it with weirdos mm-hmm. just to make sure that you have enough weirdos.
0: But I do it's like fifty cents. Like it's super cheap. I, I, I like public transport.
1: But why is everyone like no one's jerking off, but they're all about to. Yeah. Why is everyone almost jerking off?
0: And then some people are just have there's just like a full glove. Yeah. A full baseball glove right next to them. So it's not it's not the best. I I wish they cracked down a little harder on that.
1: But Sandy took the bus, and that's very romantic. That shows his desperation. But really, the only thing that could have ended this bullshit is Rebecca saying, like, oh, my God, see ya! The only thing that could have happened is Rebecca I, leaving is, herself.
0: Is that the writers getting lazy? Like, they realized they weren't sure how to end it, so they are just have her bail? Does Probably, she, and they
1: they heard that Trey Atwood is a comment. Does so she like, come back? No, this is it.
0: Does Are him and Kirsty just fine from now on?
1: Nope. Good. Because Kirsten's getting a boyfriend soon.
0: Good, uh, it's her fucking turn. It's, it's, cr- their kiss, it was very passionate, loved it, was into it, all the brow touching. Uh, But I was like, she seems to be forgiving a little quickly, so I'm glad that more trouble repercuss.
1: But isn't Kiki revealing too much of herself when, like, Sandy is a full person with a bunch of body parts, but she only rubs those brows yeah. as hard as she can?
0: It's, did you, were you ever into Star Trek Deep Space Nine?
1: Uh, you know I was. Well,
0: the Ferengi with the big ears, that was their sex organ. That's basically his brows. You just rub them a little and he'll melt.
1: So they're both coming?
0: Yeah. In public,
1: outside of a bus. Whoa. Guys, inside <laughs> of the bus is for coming.
0: Yeah, what are you doing, you creeps? Uh, so that is the adults, and that is all the time we have for this episode, Ryan. I want to talk about the rest of the show. I know. That's why we're coming back next week. We're talking about Lindsay and Ryan and that DNA test. We're talking about Summer and Seth and Zach in Italy. And we're giving away the awards. But, until then, I'm going to need you to stay gay dads. And look, I'm serious this time. Get me those gosh darn Green Lantern JPEGs. Late trope! California!
1: California!